Is speed overrated in terms of getting a better score on the golf course? Hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is episode number 79 of No Putts Given. I've got Harry, Chris, and Tony. We're talking slow swing speeds and the best drivers for it today, as well as taking a look at a couple of training aids. So let's get it. Lenny, we're getting it. Let's get it, Lenny. Hey, Chris, uh, nice shirt. Thank you. Um, John Barba got this for me when he was in Vermont. He went to Ben and Jerry's. Oh, he actually did. I've been there. He's like, hey, do you want anything? I'm like, yeah, can they like send you know, a bunch of ice cream, which they can. They can ship that to you. He said, how about a shirt? I said, yeah, that's awesome. I love my Ben & Jerry shirt. So It's very subtle. I wear it sporadically. It, uh, kind of, yeah, kind of just blends into the background. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what I was going to say about it. <laughs> I love, I mean, come on, Ben & Jerry's. Cherry Garcia, one of my all-time favorite flavors. Ooh, that's a good one. What a guy. Mm-hmm. All right, so Harry, this week... We are being introduced to the winners for the best drivers for slow swing speeds. We've already done high and mid swing speeds. So if you're in those categories, you can go back to the website and check those out. This week, slow swing speeds turn. So what have we got? All right, let's let's do it. How slow is slow? What are we talking about? Like, who are slow swing speed? 19 below. So under 90 miles per hour. The best one uh, for slow swing speeds under 90 miles an hour is the Epic Speed by Callaway. It got best for total distance. It hits 70% of fairways across the testing pool, which is pretty impressive, to be honest. Yeah, within that demographic, did really well. Yeah, so it was, you know, first in strokes gain, first in total distance, and sixth in forgiveness rank, which isn't that bad at all, to be honest. No, especially if there's tends to be, you know, forgiveness differences or are pretty tight to say the least so yeah. sixth is it's it's definitely not a case of if, if you're not first you're last right right and then you're rocking the pxg 0211 which is in second place that's the value model i can definitely say that that was an impressive driver for for the price it had and it was best for forgiveness and it had really consistent low to mid spin so if you're one of those guys that spins it a little bit high you might want to look into this one that comes up quite a bit in true golf fit fittings as well it really it's, does yeah i think it's one of those things where you may be tempted to look at the price point and almost look look past it because you're like what is it like 300 bucks how can it be that good it's best value as well yeah so it's best value so it's it's in the mid twos i think a little bit of a sleeper but really solid yeah it's cracking yeah i almost wonder if it wouldn't be more popular if it weren't pxg <laughs> you know like if it like people would expect you know what i mean like said so because there's some of that background like people don't quite know what to do with the price like is that not enough is that you know like uh, they have to yeah. they kind of have to react to it and go well if it were tour edge people are like oh okay yep makes sense they probably sell you know a million of them but people are just like well i don't know reality is though it, like I said, it comes up in a lot of fittings. It fits a lot of golfers. And, you know, there is there is some irony that it's, you know, potentially it's, it's best the best tested, you know, PXG driver we've ever had is um, also the least expensive, which. It's, yeah, and we talk about it before, right, that, that fine line between inexpensive and cheap mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. products get perceived. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. And, and again, it's not like you can walk into any golf shop and demo a pxg driver that's that's always going to be a little bit of a hiccup yeah but. 
Like if you if you want to save money, you still want to buy a new current model and, and look get no a, further. A, a strong PXG. performer. Yeah, that's yeah, and a really good driver. Yeah, it's it's awesome. All right, so wrap, uh, next, Harry. Wrapping up third place, uh, you got Titleist TSI two, which is not the designed one for the slower swing speed. Well, again, like our our slow is it's a little bit higher. Our our slow is faster than the than the market slow, and so so this makes a lot of sense. Yes, I'm not surprised to see TS two there by any stretch. Well, you have to think too, like slow, right? Slow swing speeds are everything effectively up to you know, 89.9 miles per hour. So that's a huge range. Right. We're, I think the range is like 78 to, mm-hmm. to 90. So we trend a little faster in our slow swing speed than the market as a whole. We have to be aware of that. But, you know, I would say our our slower swing speed reader also trends a little faster than the market as a yeah. whole. Well. So I think I think we do a good job kind of hitting, hitting our reader for sure. Yeah. Yep. So third place, TSI2, another... Good showing for Titleist. Yeah, runner-up for Forgiveness, 70% fairways hit. Congrats for Titleist. And then fourth place, you got Honma TR2460 model. Ooh, Honma making an appearance. Humana, Humana, Humana. Yeah, it's two years in a row that one has tested really well for us. Yeah. Sneaky. It is a sneaky one. Uh, so this was a top part five performer in total distance and forgiveness, which is it's a really good combination right there. For distance and forgiveness, because normally you lose one or two of those. It towards the top for ball speeds, and again, seventy percent of fairways hit. So that was an impressive one for Honma. So good, good for them. And then you got your best value, which is the PXG O2 Eleven, which we've already covered. That was a great rundown, Harry. Thank you very much. If you are in the slow swing speed category or you just want to check out the results, we're going to link the article for you here. Uh, But guys, since we're talking about the slow swing speed category in terms of drivers today, there are things that you can do to increase your swing speed. And we profiled one of those on the website last week. Tony, why don't you give us a rundown on the ripstick and what it is and why it might be beneficial to golfers or it might not be beneficial to golfers. Tell me about it. I mean, this is kind of a newer entry in what is becoming a rapidly growing area within the kind of the training space, this idea of of speed training, right? Adding swing speed translates to ball speed. That's the thinking. And so the ripstick builds on uh, the super speed system. The benefit there, right? Ripstick, this is it. I'm just going to fly it right by the camera here. So... Um, one stick instead of three, that's, that's the major selling point and the, you know, what, what super speed does by giving you three sticks with different weights at the end, uh, ripstick does with a kind of an adjustable system. So as you're moving up and down in speed, just pop a weight out, pop it back in. It legitimately is that fast to do. What does that remind me of? I don't know. Oh, you know what it is in uh, <laughs> movies with the, the old barrel guns where they pop. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, there you go. Yeah, Similar. Like the six shooter, little six shooter. Yeah. <laughs> in the, the old <laughs> Westerns where they go. <laughs> what do they do? <laughs> <laughs> and so optionally as well, it's, it's also, this is a, it's counterweighted kind of little grip here and you can unscrew this if you don't want to train with the counterweight. So tons of flexibility in a single stick for, 189 bucks, I think. The guy who invented this, Dr. Luke Benoit, PGA professional out of the Minneapolis area. Um, Not French then. Really, really kind of well-versed in movement patterns and things like that. And so the kind of the, the other selling point here, 
when you buy a ripstick, you get to, you are allowed, you are enabled, whatever you want to call it. It's optionally, you can send in a swing video and Luke will review it, uh, give you a couple of drills, tell you specific areas that you need to work on, give you a couple drills. And then if you want to keep going, he has online coaching programs. Fitness assessment is also part of your initial purchase. And again, they'll give you kind of target those areas that Luke identifies in the swing video. They'll give you a couple exercises. And again, if you want to keep going optionally, they have fitness programs again. Uh, he's working on some stuff around core strategy. So I kind of described it as, as sort of like this idea of, of Peloton for your golf swing, like this whole ecosystem. And certainly it's not there yet, but that's that's kind of the big vision. <laughs> but it's, you know, 189 bucks uh, gets you. It's much cheaper than a Peloton, let me tell you. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> Actually, Dave Wolf did a profile on Peloton. So if you're interested in those, click this link. <laughs> Any word on whether it was originally called the Six Shooter, Tony? Did they ever, did they, you know, did they entertain any Western kind of themed ideas or names? This was actually a late ad. So, um, you know, when I first started talking to Luke more than a year ago, Luke is actually the guy who put me in touch with Tim over at Stay Active who fixed my elbow. Stay active. There we There it is. It all comes there back. There it is. Full circle. Yeah. So that's that's my connection to all of this. But <laughs> so yeah, no, the the kind of the the weight system was an evolution beyond the initial prototype that I saw. But again, just kind of a really tight package. And you know, the Sally Port Luke, right? 45 tour pros and counting. So obviously there's some credibility here. But you know, if you travel a lot, if you like to travel with your training aids, take your orange whip with you, that kind of thing. You know, Chris can show us another one that, that just came out here recently as, as, you know, different ways to skin the cat, build a better mousetrap, whatever you want to call it. But this this swing speed gaining space is is rapidly growing from the time when I should have brought it up. I have this thing in my basement, which is like a short stick with fins on it. And the whole idea is just to swing really hard and it, it creates drag. Oh, I've seen so that. that forces you to swing. You are one of those guys that if you see a, a <laughs> golf commercial or infomercial, you're like, I need that shit. <laughs> Chris, I want to come to you though, because you have gone through the super speed system. So, mm -hmm. and I know yep. you were a fan of it at, as you finished up the system. And I'm still a fan of it. Looking at Ripstick, comparing it to super speed, what are, what are we thinking here? Yeah, so this is not a knock on um, on super speed whatsoever. I mean, you know, you, you go back a year, two years. Like I said, they were kind of the originator, if you will, breaking into that market. It's part of the reason, you know, those systems are really ubiquitous on tour. You saw them in everybody's bag, or, it's, or, or at least it seemed that way, right? Um, you saw them all over the place. And the reason that you did is because it works. There's a lot of evidence, right? We have forum testing that finished up um, kind of last year. We still have a number of forum members that, that use it and swear by it. And it's not a knock whatsoever on them. It's a great system uh, for the people that it works for. It, it, it tends to work really well. Um, I used it for kind of beginning half of last season, and I really liked it. And, and the things that I really liked about it were, one, Again, you could kind of take the the system with you wherever you went. I could be at my daughter's soccer game and, you know, get a session <laughs> in there. Why you know? would you do that? Because, like, you got to get it done. And it's like, hey, they have to be there an hour early to warm up. And it's like, what am I going to do for an hour sitting here? They're warming up. You're going to warm up, right? And so your your daughters, are the, as they're warming up, the, the team's like, "Who's? what is that guy doing over there? And your daughter's like, I don't know him. Why has he got a Ben and Jerry show on? <laughs> you go to seven soccer games and see if you don't yes. do some other stuff. Yeah, when you 
when you have seven kids, you tell me how it is. You know, it's like I'm, I'm just trying to get a little little me time in there. But you know, and and again, once you get used to the protocols and how things go and the progression, it's like anything else. You get comfortable with that system, and if it's working and it's comfortable, and you kind of know how much time it takes, and you build it into you know kind of into your daily routine. Why switch, right? If it's working, I think the other part of it is uh, nobody would sit there and expect one company to look at that and nobody else to look into it and say, okay, how can we do something like that either different or better or, you know, in this case, bringing together potentially more value, whether it's with lessons or training regimens or any of those how many different things can we kind of package together where, you know, rather than one person having to go here for speed training and over here for fitness and over here for, you know, lessons, could we have them come to one central place? I think that's the dynamics of the market that are super fun. And so the one that I'm going to be starting to use just got it uh, in the mail, even got a special head cover for it. I thought for a second that that was one of Dave's <laughs> head covers. Oh, one of Dave's? No, this is an uh, article coming out. This is a head cover by Case Golf or Casey Golf. They can do some custom stuff. So you see that's a mountain and some hot tubs on there. Ah, okay. I love it. Anyway, this is called the Stack or Stack System. It's the genesis of two guys, Dr. Sasha McKenzie and Marty Jertsen. Uh, Marty may know that name, longtime engineer at Ping. Um, also uh, playing professionals, played in a number of majors, different uh, professional cup events. So, I mean, hell of a golfer. Perhaps most importantly, he went to Colorado School of Mines. All right, all right, I was going to say, you got to mention the School of Mines. <laughs> you remember, that, remember when Tiger Woods was getting announced on the on the tee and he was like saying, <laughs> winner of this, yeah, this, and- this, this. I was like, all right, come on. And Phil was like, that's enough. Yeah. Wait, what are, are you saying? Mimes? Like, no. Mimes. No, M-I-N-E-S. Okay. School uh, of Mimes would also be awesome. I was like, this just got way more interesting. A lot. Of, yeah. yeah that's a, Marty from the School of Mimes has, has, a, has a lot to say, but never actually does. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, so uh, the... The deal with stack system. So one thing people are going to notice: it's more expensive. I think it's like three hundred bucks, three hundred fifty bucks. Yeah, three twenty-five ish, somewhere in there. Um, so it's definitely more expensive. Um, what it is, as it sounds, the stack. So you have this little top piece here, just a little thread. You didn't stack anything in yeah. there, though. Like no, not yet. Your... But I'm going to. So uh, what it comes <laughs> with is uh, a stack. A stack. Yep. You got some CNC weights, different, um, right? You got different uh, weights ah. to them, hence the term the stack, different orientations. So it's like a like a, a barbell, essentially, where you yeah, add weights like, on if you're bench pressing or anything. Yeah, kind of like a barbell. And um, what's really cool, the thing that I'm super excited about with this one, they call it variable inertia training. Basically, you got about 30 different combinations that you can use with the different weights that are on there. And really, the power to this thing is the app. So it's an app-based system. You need a swing speed radar of some type. You need uh, a phone. Obviously, it can run the application. But the first thing you do is you spend about 30 minutes and you go through a fitness profile. And based on that, it presents you with your own individualized training system. And it also will assess for you um, kind of your different potentials. So based on what it's seeing that you're currently doing, 
takes all that. And again, this is why it's really good to have super smart people like Marty and Sasha on the back end that create these and then update them is that it then produces for you your own individualized training program. Um, there's obviously plans to make that more robust moving forward, you know, videos, things, so on and so forth. But like I said, I'm super interested to to give this a run um, and see see if it's better than different from. I have the questions, all of the questions I have. Lay them out. What do we got? Lay them out for me. Super Speed have proven that swinging lighter products than your current driver increases swing speed over time. Well, it's it's a progression. So it's lighter, same, heavier. So Yeah, exactly. Are these products the same kind of concept or are they like a baseball? You put a, a no. really heavy at the end and then you, you're swinging it they as don't. hard as you can and then you go in and then you lose it after so, a certain amount of time. Yeah, so good question. So what's, what's similar about it is that, you know, the idea, right, is that you're trying to kind of code break biomechanical systems and you're trying to um, kind of unlock that potential, reset kind of the wiring in your brain in terms of how fast your brain is telling you that you can go based on certain things, right? So, you know, like saying like Sasho, his whole background is in, in, in biomechanics and that, you know, understanding how the body works. And really that's what you're trying to do. Super speed, similar idea, right? Where you can swing that lighter one, let's say faster, right? So you're swinging that lighter stick a little bit faster. Your brain is now getting the messaging that, hey, I can swing I 115 can miles yeah, an hour as opposed to 108. And then you build up to a little bit heavier one. And it's still, you know, the brain is still saying, hey, I can do this at 115 miles an hour. And now I'm doing it with a slightly heavier stick. And now I'm going, okay, well, now I can take that one that's the same weight as my driver. And maybe I can't quite get to 115 with the lighter one, but I can get to 112. All right. And 112 is faster than 108. So it's the same concept as super speed, lighter, 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 and then well, potentially heavier. No. The thing that appeals to me about the, spa the stack system in principle is that the the weighting and, and kind of what you're stacking is tailored to, to you personally. So as I understand it, Chris, I haven't done it yet. I'm waiting on mine, but... Again, this is why you need that radar device. And so with each yes. swing, you're you're telling the app how fast you swung each time. And it, it's it's voice command. So you don't have to get in there and, and type away. You're just kind of shouting out how yep. fast that last swing was. And based on those inputs, it creates a program specifically for you based on algorithms that Sasho has Correct. created through his years of study. So And it learns as it goes. So yeah. based on the information you give it, you have an individualized serial number on your system. And so everything, you know, is tied to that. That basically becomes your kind of social security number. Everything's tied to that. And then from there, like you said, it changes and modifies, again, based on your outcomes and based on how you're using it changes as you go. And it, the other thing, it also gives you a grit score. What is that? Because I've seen it, but I don't I don't have mine yet. So what is the grit score? Yeah, it's basically like your fidelity of following the program. So like if you're supposed mm. to get three workouts in this week and you only got two, your grit score might go uh, down. You have no grit. Oh, they shame yeah. you. Yeah, uh -huh. I like that. That is It's kind cool. of that, you know, it's it's like something more aggressive than like maybe your 
your Apple Watch or something that tells you to stand up. You know, it's like, hey, <laughs> fat ass, you've been sitting for way too long. Why don't you stand up, move around? That's exactly why I don't have an Apple Watch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to take shit from my watch. <laughs> you know, but I'm more than happy to take shit from my speed training systems. Like, hey, you know, you're supposed to get a workout in Thursday by this time. You've missed a laugh 762. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have four workouts in the last two weeks and six trips to Jersey Mike's. Can we have a conversation? <laughs> <laughs> out of I will say, too, the other thing that, that may be appealing about the stack system in particular is that from a size perspective, it's the length of a hybrid. And Correct. So... Again, small detail, right? And I'm sure there are very solid reasons why why Sasha and Marty went that way. But ultimately, as as a guy who's going to use one of these things, I think you know, like, hey, maybe maybe there's an opportunity if I have slightly tall ceilings in my house. Like Chris, is that can you get away with it in your basement? For I can. Where... Yep. So I got nine foot ceilings in my basement. I can't swing driver. You know, I this is perfect. Like I can use it down here, no problem. Not even worry about it. Yeah, so that may be a selling point is the, the, you know, if you have tall ceilings, nine foot ceilings, 10 foot ceilings, now 10 foot ceilings, you can swing a driver anyway, but here right. you're like, just have a little more clearance to use it indoors, mm -hmm. which is nice if you have winters like I do here in New York. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll be honest, I set you guys up a little bit. I wanted to talk about training aids and we know that they do work to increase swing speed and then resulting in increased ball speed. Biohacking. My larger question and point of this discussion was, and there's probably a few ways to go about it, is speed overrated in terms of getting a better score on the golf course? I mean, I think there are a couple of pro examples that we could use. Bryson being the obvious one, but what do you guys think? Do you think speed is as important as the emphasis that's put on it? In that ARCO study we, we published last week, we, we see a clear correlation between distance and handicap. And, mm -hmm. you know, am I a lower handicap because I swing fast or, you know, it's hard to say exactly what that correlation is or the reason behind it, but it does exist. And from a strokes gains perspective, right, if all other things being equal, if you can hit it farther, the expectation is that that you're going to shoot a lower score for it. So, and and if nothing else, just anecdotally, right, the tale as old as time in golf is that distance sells. Everybody, almost everybody, wants to hit it farther. And you know, I can go, hey, I'm I'm pretty comfortable with how far I hit my sand wedge, but uh, <laughs> it's it's not uncommon to see five to 10 and even 15 miles an hour of swing speed gained from, from some of these systems. And so no. that's a case where, yeah, you're, you're picking up yards, like 20 plus in some cases. And so that's for any golfer, that's, that's big, even Harry, you know, I think if Harry could go out there and, and keep the ball in play and hit it 20 yards farther with his driver. Yeah, it's a huge advantage against the field. The only problem that I have with everyone saying about, I need to get faster, I need to get 10, 15 more miles an hour out of my swing, but you have to correlate it with efficiency and strike because I could be swinging it like Bryson at 133. He's pitching at about 320, but with 133 miles an hour, you should be pitching it a lot further than that, potentially. Well... Bryson is he's a tough example for a couple of reasons but my so you you can't use that normal correlation with well he swings at x so it should go y because one of the one of the things that is not discussed very often with Bryson is that 
at the swing speeds he is achieving now, he is not playing. His driver CT is way, way, way low. Yeah. So he's yeah. he his driver is nowhere near the limit because it, face technology that thin is not going to hold. He's got a so crack. Yeah. All right. So take one thirty three. I could be swinging one thirty three. It's never going to happen. My back would give out. But if I got to one thirty three, I am pitch. I am pretty much optimizing my distance for my uh, launch characteristics right now. So mine's about three ten. 310 carry. If I try and get an extra five to seven miles an hour clubhead speed, I might only still hit it 310 and carry purely because my strike location might be off the heel, might be off the toe. I might be hitting it all over the face now because I'm, yeah, I, yeah. I, I need to be matching that closure rate with with the strike location. So you, but it's it's in my mind, it's all potential distance and potential ball speeds. Yeah, I so one we haven't talked about. Another system is uh, Top Speed, which is a Clay Ballard, Clay Ballard. Yeah. came up with this system. This is an online program. Uh, you swing your own driver, and it's a series of drills. And basically, it's just all about ball speed. And and Clay's whole thing is look, don't worry about impact location. Don't worry about you know ball speed. Just how fat club speed, club speed, club speed. Everything is club speed. That's the number we want, right? We want to get that club speed up. And I did that last fall. And what I found, like the first couple of times I started 104, 105. And after the second, third session, I'm I'm hitting 112, 113, right? And I'm I'm clanking it off the toe and heel and and you know, almost off the crown. Um, but Clay's philosophy, Clay's belief is like, just keep doing it. Your body is going to figure out how to, how to make good contact. And sure enough, what I found after a few sessions is that the harder I swung, the more centered my impact became. Exactly. I, I don't know exactly why that is. I attribute it to, you know, when you, when you get out on the golf course, right. And you're trying to take that, what you would consider a measured swing, a controlled swing. You have all these thoughts of, you know, like, all right, I don't want to flip it over. I don't want to do this. I, I don't want to do that. And those, I think those things kind of creep into your head even during the swing, right? I say, well, you know, I kind of tried to steer that one a little bit because something didn't feel right. And so what I found with top speed was that you get to a point where you're swinging so hard, there's almost no time to for you those can't. thoughts to come in. You cannot, yeah. <laughs> you cannot do any other yeah. manipulation than just hit it. And I found like the tail end, and again, I didn't play much last year, but I'm I was definitely longer and I was I was hitting a higher percentage of fairways. And so I'm like, yeah, there's something about unlocking speed and and you know sort of hacking right. And to me, part of part of the biohack that comes through speed speed training is that it shuts your brain down for those little, you know, kind of prevents you from overthinking it and and worse yet, sort of trying to overthink it in the middle of your swing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and to answer your question, kind of go back, Miranda. Like your original question was what? Basically, does speed matter, or or is it becoming over? Is it becoming overemphasized? Is it as important as the the manufacturers of these training aids would tell you it is, or does it correlate to distance as much as we think it does? Yeah, I think, you know, until we see some some type of, you know, Mongolian reversal of, of how you play golf, um, which I don't know it's going to happen anytime soon, the idea is to get it in the hole in as few strokes as possible. And we know that in oh. general, right, you know, in general... <laughs> 
the closer you are to the hole, the more accurate that next shot's going to be. Very few people would say, hey, I would rather hit this shot from 150 yards than 100 yards. So as long as those are the guiding principles of the game, of course speed matters. Of course distance matters. Why would you not? There's a sweet spot. Yeah, if you say the hole is 400 yards and you're you're hitting it 320 in the rough, that's fine. But if you're saying, if you hit it 210 off the tee, you have 190 in. 190 in, right. Now, if you gain an extra 20 yards and say say you're still in the rough, you're still 170 out in the rough, which is still going to be taking a, you know, a, probably a six iron out of that. You're still 20 yards closer. But And that's, I mean, that's, that's what all the math says. Closer is better. Yes, it does. But there is also, I mean, looking at one of your articles, Tony, if you are 100 yards back from, say, you got 100 yards in in your rough and you got 200 in in the fairway. Give me the 100. Yes, but... It's about, it's depending, it's about 30 to 50 yards from a strokes game perspective. But right. the thing you have to keep in mind is it, it's not an absolute choice, right? right. It's, it's not like I can hit it 20 yards farther and miss every fairway or I can, you know, hit it 20 yards less and hit every fairway. It doesn't work that way. It's, you know, these... Those fairway margins are probably very. It's a. It's probably a very narrow difference. And so, would you say distance is the king, or fairways in regular in reg are the king? I would say this, Harry. Let's like we could go play around. You play from the tips, and I will play from the absolute most forward tees on the course, and we'll just play straight up. Uh, that's not a bad way to look at it. Again, like, it's, it's not an absolute choice. So, like, yeah. would you take that bet for a hundred dollars a hole? You play from the tips. I'll play from the absolute most forward. You're a plus, what, four? I'm a one, so that's five strokes. We'll just play straight up for 100 bucks a hole. It depends on if the forward tees are like the family tees that are halfway in the fairway. <laughs> I, but if, it, but if, if we're chasing that, right, and taking it to a logical extreme... I, I, w- I, might, take, I might take the bet if you're in the rough. And you don't get to tee it up. <laughs> you know, there are a lot of factors that go into whether or not this is a win. But if you say, hey, I'm going to give you 20 yards off the tee, and the trade-off is you're going to hit 3 to 5% fewer fairways. Yeah, so that's that's the trade-off. That is a more realistic version of, of what actually happens. Again, it's not like, yeah, you picked up 20, 20 yards off the tee, but you went from hitting... 50% of the fairways to 0%, right? That's, that's not right. the trade-off. It's it's a narrow kind of trade-off in, in terms of, you know, whether or not you're in good shape off the tee, which is what ultimately matters. And so, yeah, I, I think I think you want the yards. Miranda, I'm taking the distance. I think if you talk to okay. – if you went out to any practice facility on the PGA Tour and talked to the guys and said, hey, I am willing to sell you another – at, you know, they're 10 yards off the tee on average without a huge penalty in accuracy. Let's even call it like a linear penalty. You know, so you're going to hit it 10 yards further and you're going to miss one more fairway every other round or whatever it was. You'd retire the next day because you would sell, you'd sell to everybody. Yeah. They would all take it. The only thing that I'm thinking about right now is I've actually gone the opposite way. I had a driver that I could not control. My spin weight was too low. Like that that's another option. So nine times out of ten, if you're gonna be gaining yardage, your spin rate's probably gonna increase. So then you have to tackle the driver shaft and the, the you, instead of going from a max, you might have to go to 
there's a lot of stuff that goes if, into it. If you it. can give me 20 more yards, I will I will happily deal with any equipment transitions I have right. to make. I'll figure out the rest. All right, but what was if what was if you're hitting knuckleballs now? Well, and that was so I found when I was doing the super speed at the tail end of last year, I had to make a change. I had to go from Aventus blue to Aventus black mm-hmm. because at at 110, 112, 113 miles an hour, that that Ventus blue didn't hold up as well as it did at 104. And again, right. you know, that makes sense. It's a, and it could be for a variety of reasons. Blue's yeah, a little more counterbalanced, right? So maybe that additional swing speed. I mean, so, but again, that shaft loading pattern changed. <laughs> give me the 20 yards. I'll figure out the rest. If I, if gaining 20 yards makes me so inaccurate that I can't keep it on the planet, right? We're going to figure that out pretty quickly. And, and, and to your point, Harry, I think Phil Mickelson hasn't. No, but I mean, <laughs> that's a great example yeah. right there. He's still struggling in this shit. Well, Rory, Rory's probably the best example. He we have is because phenomenal he's been, driver, but he's been the most honest about yeah. it. Where he said, "Yeah, I chased distance. I'm not." And and Bryson absolutely had something to do with that. I chased the distance as well, and that's part of the reason that he has not played as well in recent months as he had mm-hmm. prior, because there there was a Bryson effect there. So. For him chasing distance in in that regard had a negative impact on his game. Again, we're talking that's the elite of the elite. Right, but he's hitting it like 320, 330. And if he's not shooting better scores, is distance really the answer? Maybe not for Rory, but Rory is Yeah, I know it's elite of the elite. Rory's yeah. over here. How many people have said, hey, you could lose 10 pounds tomorrow, but gain a little muscle and lose 5% body fat? Does anybody not want to do that? (laughs) Sounds good to me. Yeah. There's some guy, you know, gal that's already professional, you know, bodybuilder, whatever, that's like, well, geez, I'm already down to 2% body fat. If I lose five, I'm negative. That doesn't work. You know, that's Rory. For everybody else, you know, on the planet, pretty much, that's something that they would take in a heartbeat. Everybody would take 20 yards. Absolutely mm-hmm. everybody. No, I get it. Yeah. My, my opinion. So the answer to my larger discussion question is no, speed is not overrated. Do Use these training aids. Work with the, the systems and the programs, right? Yeah, I think so. And I was just texting somebody, I think, a conversation with Lou Stagner over text last week. I was like, the surest way to be wrong about anything in golf is to speak in absolutes. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I would say in general, yeah, the speed is probably going to be good for you. There are guys who who may ruin their swings, admittedly, right? By by trying to do this, and it may overcook it, may cause more problems than it than it solves. But I think for the overwhelming majority of golfers, that's it's it's beneficial for sure. So that brings up another question. Yeah, to what extent do you have to really focus on technique, and so that you don't lose technique as you're going through these systems because you're focusing on speed because there's a lot of guys out there that don't know the basics about a golf swing they just pick up a club and go so they don't know how to fix while my ball is going right and staying right and that this kind of brings us full circle to, back yeah. to to ripstick and, and what luke's trying to do is his goal ultimately with the ripstick platform is to have you play better golf shoot lower scores and that's why he has the coaching programs and why he says look that's you know we we want guys to to swing faster and hit it farther but we don't want them to hit it off the planet right and and you can make an argument right is it is it more beneficial to hit balls or not hit balls as part of your swing training program and so you know, uh, ripstick is a not hit balls super speed obviously stack not hit balls clay ballard's top speed hit balls different different kind of approach there 
but but Luke is is big on movement patterns, and so he's he says what he's like, you know, I can I can fix a guy by having him go out in his backyard and follow a series of drills without hitting golf balls because, you know, sometimes when you're you're hitting balls, you to to accomplish the objective of hitting the golf ball, you do maybe some things you you shouldn't be doing in the golf swing. So, again, part of the Ripstick program is is to integrate a coaching piece into it so that. It's not just speed. It's, it's speed that you can control, that you can take to the golf course. Speed is the foundation to something bigger. Exactly. None of these are standalone in my mind where it's like, hey, here's what I'm going to do this year. I'm never going to chip. I'm never going to putt. I'm never going to go work on anything else. All I'm going to do is stack system and just see if my scores improve if I hit it further, right? It's, it's part of a cohesive approach. And that's kind of what we started with, this idea of an ecosystem that, you know, people are still trying to develop and figure out training, optimal performance, biohacking, whatever. And, and what role do these different segments play within that to, to optimize performance? Like I said, there's probably a nutritional element. There's an exercise element. There's a technique element. And then you have the mental component. And then you have, okay, are these people playing competitively? You have course management. You have systems like decade, et cetera. And it's like, okay, all of those things need to go together. We're talking about just one piece of that pie. I don't want anybody to think that this is the entire pie. This is definitely <laughs> just one you know, one slice of the Ben and Jerry's, right? This isn't yeah. Buy, buying a ripstick. Isn't going to put you onto the PGA tour by September. No, it's, no. It's, Harry's, Harry's like, damn it. <laughs> Shit. You make right? it seem like golf is hard or something. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I want some Ben and Jerry's now. Well, Tony, we are slowly making our way through your bag. <laughs> as I figure out what's going in it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, as, as you add something, you let us know, and um, we we visit it. So would you like to introduce us to the putter that has been newly yeah. added to your bag? This will fire some people up. So we'll start at the grip <laughs> again. So um, I don't know how well it's going to come through because it's upside down. But this is the Ping Pistol PP62 grip. It is like as as ever so slightly a pistol grip as you're going to find, which is good because hmm. I don't like pistol grips, but I really like this. For me, it's I find it's a little bit smaller than a uh, Superstroke Slim 3.0, um, which was the grip I used before. And so just a little more comfortable. So it's the pistol grip for people that don't like pistol grips. Yeah, I would say. So okay. here we go. This one, this is going to get people fired up uh, on Twitter. We've already seen oh, some. Oh, stability shot. Yeah, so this is, ah. this is their new Tor Black limited edition they sent me. Of course, um, of course they do. I, I like it. I like stability Ooh. shaft just because it's cool. Um, I think it's cool. It looks cool. Wait, don't, so you just think it's just cool? You don't think about performance? Well, let, let me finish. So let me finish. So we did we did a <laughs> test on the original. In our test, I think you know we could say it was quantifiably better for one or two golfers. For everybody else, um, not worse. So there's no real difference. Yeah. So I would say kind of no harm in it. But but the one thing that I like about this in particular that may make some people curious um, is that with the graphite, largely graphite construction, vibration dampening comes into play more than like with that. the steel. And you may be thinking, so what? But if you're like me and play a harder, com a higher compression golf ball, like a left dash, maybe. Like a left dash, it does make it feel a bit softer. Now, you're never going to confuse that left dash for a uh, super soft because of the shaft, but it does kind of tone down the clicky a little bit, which may mm. matter to some. 
What's and our then, putter head? What do we got here? That's what I was thinking this it is, was. Oh! PXG Mustang. This is, they fit me for the Mustang when I was out there God, more than a year ago now, right? So this is... Mustang Sally. This is the uh, Battle Ready Edition they sent me. So kind of just some cool cosmetics and some massive tungsten here. Can you show us the face on that? On oh, the, yeah, it's uh, got on that, the Mustang? Because kind of it, it is mesmerizing, the... Uh, the diamond pattern so it's tighter right so it's tighter in the middle more spread out as you go and that's to help kind of control the speed right so kind of variable speed control throughout the face so you got strong toe hang by the looks of it oh yeah and so i have uh yeah hello hello so i have two this this is an adjustable so i we've mentioned this before i'm like super strong art guy so this has adjustable weighting and i think the typical weighting is probably 10 and 10 but i have 15 in the toe and, and five in the heel what's the length you're playing it at uh this is yeah, just a little over 34 with the grip on i think is what it came out at are you are okay. you an upright kind of guy or are you a flat kind of guy no so this is this is two degrees flat mm. i think it's two degrees i do fortunately like it's one of these things where you can obsess over a number off on the on the lilof machine or you can bend it until it sits how you want it to sit and so for me that is typically around two degrees flat depending on you know, the, obviously the length of the putter. and um, So you're like a 68, 69 degree lie and go guy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think on right around 68 is typically yep. what it would read. And the other thing too, the other thing I do with my putters, and this comes from a, a putter fitting I did with Ping several years ago that has has held true, hasn't changed much over time, is I, I take a lot of the loft off it. I don't know what the stock loft is on this, but it is right around one and a half degrees now. And it's probably three or four stock would be my guess. Yeah, so I'm I'm typically, like I said, typically too flat and uh, too strong. Too flat, too strong. I thought you were going. I thought you were coming in with some kind of ping putter. There, I was like, that's an interesting one. No, I, I do. I typically played previously the 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 Zing line, the ZB. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, if this thing stops working, I will um, not hesitate to go back to the ping, which I really love. But again, it's that you know, that, that shape and that toe hang that really works with my stroke. And so it's one of those, like, Hey, if, if I can fit for it, why fix it? Currently, is that right? You have two clubs in your bag. Now we got 12 to go. We yes. have a wedge. We got a 58 D wedge with the best finish. And we the got finish. the uh, black on black on black stability, yes. uh, stability to her shaft. Battle ready Mustang. Yeah. I am. I am yeah, ready. What's next? I am, I'm ready for some battles. Yeah, you um, are. What's next? Yeah, what's the next club? What do we? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm talking to some guys about some fairway wood options. Um, I tell you right now, I'm going to start the year with the Titleist T200 irons in the bag because I do have my oh. Mitsubishi shafts in those. So that's like seven clubs right there. Yeah, my fight with those is still <laughs> the the strong lofts get make me uncomfortable at the top of the bag. But which MMTs did you go with? The 125s. 125s. Yeah. Yeah. They're beefy. Yeah, they are. Because again, it's when when I started this project at the beginning of last year, right? My elbow was was still sore, so I was needed to be doing everything fixed. I could. Yeah, I yeah. had I had not stay <laughs> I, I had not stayed active and fixed elbowed. Um, not yet. But yeah, it's it's good now. So yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with those t right. those t twos. Well, we'll get through your bag before the end of time. So the eventually, be, like, it'll be changed. The driver's going to be revolving. We're going to need like a whole separate episode for like Tony's driver. It's going to be it's going to be like Bachelorette. 
like with drivers. Ooh, like, can we do something like that? Let's set up a game show. Tony's gonna have to go on like individual dates, like with each driver, <laughs> and, and like take us through it, and like you know have a little you know confessional booth and talk through. There's gonna be drama between like the Titleist and the Ping. Like they're gonna get all. I did some like hardcore golf nerd shit last night. I was down in the workshop and I'm like, so it's, you know, I've, I played the, the TS three for, for more than a year and something about that head just really worked for me. So I, I'm thinking again with the fairway woods too, I feel like it's as close to, to a tour pro mindset as I've ever had. And what I mean by that is like, I really, really want the new stuff, but I want it to be exactly the same as the old stuff like from, <laughs> yeah. from yeah. a performance perspective. So I'm I'm down in the basement and I'm like weighing heads and I'm like, I, I, I really like this head. And I didn't like this one. This one didn't feel quite right to me. And I'm going back and forth and I'm like, hmm, you know what? Like 206, 207, like, like all the ones I really like were right in that range. And then I'd come, I'd weigh one and it'd be like 201. And I'm like, I might like hate that it. One. Yeah. So, so I'm like, is it is it really weird if I start going, you know, emailing guys and be like, hey, can you send me a new driver? And I need it to be two oh six point five eight grams. If <laughs> if we can make that happen, yeah. They're like, number? sure, Bryson. Yeah. Sure, Bryson. <laughs> you're. We also know you're the guy that builds a set of iron, shaves down weights to get the exact swing weight, and then doesn't play them the next day. So we also know. <laughs> still, we also know that's still you. So that like, was yeah. so amazing. That was still the silliest story of my life. Like, <laughs> sounds like a wild try. Like, night to me, Tony. It was. It was me and Chris in my basement building a set of rebuilding a set of Mizuno JPX 919s to exacting specifications. They were perfect. Perfect. Are they in are they in your bag? I don't know if you ever played them after. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say so what happened. <laughs> what what happened was <laughs> like, so, I don't know. Chris and I would go out and shoot like I think it was probably the practice round. It was. And I was I was miserable. I didn't hit the ball well. So I was pissed off about it. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to rebuild these JPXs. I'm going to get the JPX perfect. And we're going to be ready to rock and roll for the actual, at least the tail end of the tournament. So I put MP18s in the bag. And I go out and I shoot even par on the front nine for the tournament. So I'm like, well, we're just going to ride it out with these. <laughs> so I was like, well, all you work into the irons, then then the ones I was about ready to trash decided to behave themselves. And that's just golf. So they know they know That's just golf they know like my putters do the same thing i if i'm not putting well i put it on a on a timeout the putt that i pick up is really well and then and then <laughs> i come back this is a classic example of bag chatter yeah. right the, yes. the clubs in my bags were chattering amongst themselves to say hey guys we got to get our shit together you need some head covers on them Right, you put but the head everybody. covers up. On um, those conversations, never happen, and and then the irons don't 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 yeah. really get their shit. But anymore. everybody <laughs> should, if they could, they deserve to spend a Friday night with Tony in his basement. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> I'm, I'm that like that's an experience we could raffle off right there. It's, yeah, that, that's what I do at night, guys. <laughs> you're you're a simple guy, Tony. Let me tell you. <laughs> well, on that note, I think that's all. Now that we've. Uh, gotten through one more club in Tony's bag. That's all we've got for today, guys. Uh, so thanks. That was a good discussion. Uh, anything else before we out? No, I have to take this call no. from my wife. So see ya. Oh, okay. Bye. Bye. Get stacked. <laughs> we out. <laughs> Hello. Hello.